With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming up on today's episode with the Jets out of action, we take a look at the deadline, including some unmentioned names that Winnipeg could be targeting. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rowicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, time to get into a first, I think, here on Skates and Plates. The new and improved Skates and Plates Studio. This is a live recording, or an in-person, I guess that's always live, yeah. is an in-person recording. We are in the same building. Yeah, we are it's... literally side-by-side side right now. <laughs> Normally we do this, I'm at my place, Tyson's at his place, but, you know, circumstances sometimes, life throws you a curveball, so you gotta just hit that hanger right over the middle of the plate <laughs> into the double deck and... Yeah, we're uh, we're face to face right now. A spicy meatball sent into left center. Ooh, <laughs> like yeah, Bryce Harper, right? Bryce Harper. Oh, yeah. It's about the only. Actually, I was gonna say that the Phillies aren't even the only good thing Philly right now. It's the, the Flyers. Oh, it's, it's all of them. Uh, did you see the? By the way, I should say CJOB's Tyson Rowicki, uh joining us here on Skates and Plates once again. Um, did you see the meme, the Thanos meme about the Flyers? No. It, it was like, you know, if anyone's seen um, Infinity War, I think it was, where Thanos gets the, the soul stone, and it's uh, like mini Gamora, and she's like, what did, you, what did you get? Oh, yeah. What did you get? And he's like, the flyers. What did it cost you? The eagles. <laughs> oh, it's, I, honestly, that's the price to pay. The eagles are just so done. And we now, got us. We got our Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, let's. <laughs> and now you can. Now it's like maybe. Hey, whatever's gonna happen next year, they're gonna bring in a new staff. They're gonna bring in maybe a whole new coach, like a new head coach, not just new coordinators. But we could go on and on. Yeah, and we're gonna, we can just devolve this into an Eagles podcast. Yeah, this is the, this is the first and last in person recording <laughs> of this podcast. This is terrible. This, people are not intrigued right now whatsoever. Um, but we'll move on from that. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's a different kind of episode because, I mean, the Jets last played on Tuesday night taking down the Islanders. It's been a while uh, with this coming out Friday morning. So, I mean, it's – I always, I feel weird breaking down a game that happened that long ago because yeah. I feel like people don't really care all that much about it. Uh, but, I mean, 
what else is there to say? The Jets do what they normally do. Give up less than three goals and find a way to win. And that's exactly what they did against the New York Islanders. Um, I guess before we talk about the deadline, and I've come up with a few names that, you know, everybody knows the people that are out there. So I wanted to come up with some names that people hadn't heard before, almost like the Chevy files, <laughs> because nobody else predicts who Chevy trades for. Uh, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. But I feel like, one, the Jets are playing so good, there's very little drama to be had. But I feel like the one thing people are talking about is like the age-old Winnipeg Jets conundrum right now. And it reared its head in that Islanders game, even though the Jets picked up the win. But we're doing the Nikolai Ehlers ice time thing again. Yes. I, I guess demoted. I mean, technically he was demoted. I don't think it's, you know what I mean? It's not like he... It was done for poor play, but like moved from line one to line two or three, really line three, which we'll get to right now. Uh, and I mean, Ehlers up on the top line, the Jets were killing the opposition. Kyle Connor comes back in. Of course, Kyle Connor is scoring the second he comes back in, but we see Ehlers. What was he? Eighth or ninth in ice time among forwards, even strength of the game. Cole Perfetti. 10th, I believe, in even strength ice time among forwards in that game. Um, but everybody, in terms of complaints, which, you know, sports fans love to do, this is kind of the only one in Winnipeg right now. But we should probably touch on the fact that, specifically, Mason Appleton is playing a lot more than, specifically, Nikolai Ehlers and Cole Perfetti, despite the production being continents apart so far this season. It, like, should Jets fans rightfully be ticked off about this? Or is this much ado about nothing? Well, it, it, this is a, a little bit tough with a team like the Islanders, especially after that game against the Flyers where they kind of sort of grinded them into the dirt. Like They kind of pulled the, the Jets on the Jets. And the Islanders kind of have that ability, I think. So maybe that's bonus kind of seeing how the game's going and being like, let's not have this game kind of go in the way that it was against Philly. But for the most part, there is no way, no chance that Mason Appleton should be getting more ice time than Nick Ehlers. And even like over the past couple weeks, Appleton's play hasn't really stood out. I feel like he's the most criticized Jet right now. Yeah. W whatever that means. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> I, I feel like when people are harping on somebody, it's, it, it's Appleton. So that's why it was like just as jarring to see, oh, he's played more than... Quite possibly the Jets' most talented yeah. forward, like or their most productive forward. That's what Ehlers has been for. For I mean, really, yeah, since he got moved up to the top line for that string of games. There, I personally, I mean, look, Bones has done a lot of great things. The coaching staff's done a lot of great things. To me, I like to keep things simple and just make it. How do I get my best players the most ice time? And whether it's online one or online two, like find a way to make it happen. You don't you don't need to match up Chase against the Islanders yeah. even right maybe maybe it's one thing if it's I guess like a Colorado or or maybe even a Dallas right where you're a little more scared of a, a specific line I mean Horvat and and Barzell have been great for the Islanders but I mean you're you're not necessarily hiding from somebody you're, well after and, that it's pretty bare right yeah like the yeah Islanders aren't doing aren't scaring many people offensively yeah and I mean you play the the first line enough that you know they're pretty much going power against power most nights anyways so I yeah I I, I just I feel like sometimes the 
the coaching staff overthinks itself with their ice time. And it's just like, look, is he one of your best players? Yes. Play him more. Probably be surprised to find out that you... Yeah, I can't even say win more hockey games because they're winning damn near every game they play. But, you know, you, you do wonder a little bit with how, yes, the defensive numbers are great, but offensively, they've kind of faded it a little bit in terms of, of what they're able to generate out there. Probably because Mason Appleton is playing, you know, a couple minutes more than the Neelers and Perfetti in, in games. But I don't know. Maybe it's not a problem now. Um, I think it's more so, you know, game one of the playoffs. If you see something like that, then it's, what are we doing here, right? Like, it's it's go time. We need our best players to play. But I will say this. It is interesting now. Not that I agree with it, but it's interesting that this is, what, the third coaching staff that has done this with Ehlers. Yeah. Like, obviously, infamously, Paul Maurice did this for a long time. I mean, Dave Lowry for a little bit, as far as from what I can remember, and then now for two years running, Rick Bonus. So, I don't know. Is there, like, it, are we missing something? Like, I just wonder, like, right? Like, it's it's one thing when one coach does it. That's, that's a long period of time that for whatever reason or various reasons that coaching staffs have made the decision to minimize... Ehlers time on ice to somewhere under 20 minutes a game. Well, I wonder too if cuz like when he when Ehlers is on his game, he's so explosive and he's and you see the skill just oozing out of him where when he has a bad game, those bad games are just that much more noticeable. And and maybe that just sticks in a coach's mind more than Mason Appleton who if he has a bad game, it's more so maybe him not getting in on the forecheck quick enough or not closing out on on the point quick enough. Like it's those little things that are more correctable. Whereas Ehlers, the, the poor play, and it's and most of the time his play is not poor. But that game against the Flyers, I didn't think he had a great game. Yeah, there, kept... there was a couple earlier on in the year where it was like, oy, yeah, oy. <laughs> and then so I feel like maybe that's part of the reason, and it sticks in Bones' mind. And that's part of the reason why I also think that getting the second line center is such a big part for this team because that kind of forces you you really don't have a choice if you have a solid number two center to not play that line with Nikolai Ehlers legitimate second line minutes so I think it's key getting a a center and I think we're going to talk a little bit about that in just a minute but it's weird like and even we saw a little bit with Cole Perfetti earlier in the season and, and now too where it's like these guys are playing solid hockey and it's not like in Perfetti's case it's not like he's playing bad defensively he's out on the wing he's one of their better defensive forwards yeah exactly by the numbers so and and so it's just it's kind of it's, it's head scratching, it's it's very head scratching, and I don't know the exact reason. I mean, we're not in the room. Maybe there's something that Bones is is harping on Perfetti and Ehlers, and he's not seeing the right improvement there. But for the most part, I mean, you gotta let those guys go, and they might not have needed it in the Islanders game because they do end up winning. Yeah, yeah. But Ehlers' ability, especially against a team like the Islanders, where when they're in the defensive zone, they're gonna start collapsing. And Ehlers play when he's just ragging the puck around and he's able to kind of get the defense scrambling. Against a team like the Islanders, that's a, that's exactly what you want. You need like a zone breaker and a game breaker and a guy who can do that. And if you're not having trouble scoring a goal, Nick Ehlers is a guy who can do that. Well, and it's funny too because, you know, I think coaches will generally say it's the third period, right? And they're, it's, it's a one-goal Jets lead. 
and I would say the Jets coach, historically, any coach is going to lean on his quote unquote defensive guys. And it's, it's always, let's protect the lead, not let's kill the game yeah. with another goal. I'm not saying, you know, that like, Hey, like let's shoot the zone, this and this, everything. But you know, ha- just by having Ehlers out there on the ice, Making it a 4-2 hockey game is a hell of a a lot easier to defend than in your own zone playing great defense in a 3-2 hockey game. So there there, there is that aspect of it that I like too. And like, you know, you want to try to minimize how much time you're defending a one goalie. So if you can make it a two goalie, then let's let's get that guy out there and, you know, things are going to be just fine. I do feel like Perfetti is probably a bigger victim in all this than Ehlers is. Agreed. Because, again, defensively, he's been great. And it seems like he just gets benched late in games because he's 21. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, right? Like, if, if, if just, like, imagine he's, like, same player, same results, same everything, but it says 31 instead of 21 on his birth certificate. I don't think he plays the 10th most ice, right? You know what I mean? And especially, too, like, I love Kyle Connor, but at this point in the season now, are we really going to make an argument that Kyle Connor should be out there late in the game over Cole Perfetti? No. Yeah, defensively is... over anyone. Yeah. No. <laughs> Which is, again, funny because they put Connor out there to what? Yeah. To... And, and the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, it, yeah, it does It does feel, I don't know. It, it would be, I don't think you'll ever get a, a straight public answer. But it would be interesting to, you know, throw a little truth serum in the coffee there and be like, Bones, what's what's the deal here? Like, there's... Give us the good. Yeah, like, teams at first. Let, let, the, the, let the boys know, yeah. And he'd be like, what? What? Spill the tea? Like, <laughs> dude, I'm 70. Like, I don't... Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it, 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 it's nice to, to complain and argue about these things in first place after a winning game, all that stuff. It could get magnified, though, later in the year especially in the playoffs, stakes are higher, things like that. You know, things that you can kind of debate about right now could become potential stumbling blocks for the team when the games matter big time in about three months or so. So we'll keep an eye on it. I wonder if at an upcoming presser, if anybody's going to kind of grill bones a little bit to try to get an answer as to why, (laughs) you know, Nikki did so good getting 20 minutes a night. And then now that Kyle Connor's back, it's back to where it's always been. So we'll see. But I do like your one point there, Tyson, that maybe it is a result of this team not having a high-end option on their second line down the middle. Which brings us to the main <laughs> part of this podcast. Takes notes as well, Tyson. That's how you segue. <laughs> like if you're on CJOB with Jim Toth and you're trying to go from topic to topic. That's how you do a callback and then bring it forth to the rest of the segment upcoming there. <laughs> Segway like S-E-G-W-A-Y? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> it. You Kevin, you, you Paul Blard it. <laughs> um, but yeah, with, uh, you know, the Islanders game in the rear view, Ottawa Saturday afternoon, I believe. Maybe Ottawa's a part of this segment. Who knows? But I thought it'd be interesting to look ahead to the deadline and talk about some names. And I mean, obviously... The big one is and will be and has been Elias Lindholm. I mean, I I don't even know if we necessarily need to talk all that much about it and about him because, I mean, everybody knows he's great. Like, it would be great for the Jets to get him. He's available. So that's, I mean, I I don't know. I just, I kind of feel like that discussion is, is, is overdone at this point until somebody 
steps up, a trade's nearby, more concrete asking price, things like that. Well, and that's and it's probably just going to be whoever wins the bidding war, right? Like, it's not, yeah. like, you can, we could put together trade packages, but it's just, at the end of the day, it's going to be who puts together the best one. Yep, or, like, right off the bat right now is, like, first high prospect something else yeah done yeah like i'll do that right now <laughs> yeah exactly All right, so like yeah we'll, we'll we'll see what happens there and i, I yeah I, well let me throw you my names out that i have i don't know if you've come up with anything you got two you've got two okay i've got two ish <laughs> like two kind of four <laughs> it'll make sense don't worry it'll make sense so but then we can kind of figure out okay like what would be like the what would be in preferred order, how things would play out. Um, and I'm just going down the middle here. I mean, I don't, do you have defensemen? I have one defenseman. Okay. Well, let's do the defensemen first then, because mine are all centermen. So we know Tanev, Hannafin are available from Calgary. Is it one of those two? It is not. Ottawa's coming to town Saturday. Is it one defenseman from there? I wish it was, but it's okay. not. Because, I mean, Chikrin's name is started to come out there more and more now. I, I'm kind of intrigued about that. I don't know who you're talking about then. It's not It's not going to be the most impactful defenseman right away. Okay, well, let's skip then. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that this is a guy who you can kind of, as we look forward to the roster and how we kind of see where the cap might be going over the next couple of years, this is a guy that you can bring in as a Neil Pionk replacement at a much reduced rate, at least for the for the near future. Okay. And I like the idea of going to Columbus and seeing what that pr- asking price is for a guy like Adam Bokefist. Oh. And see what they're asking for. He's a guy who's, who's had troubles with the organization. I mean, who has yeah. with Columbus, right? <laughs> what a dumpster fire. But, like, just seeing, like... What they think of him, if, is he a guy that, you know, it's kind of just, we just want to move on from him. We don't want to change the scenery for him. We both need to change the scenery. Maybe there's something there, and maybe the Jets can unlock that. Because his potential is through the roof. If he can stay healthy, oh, yeah, yeah. He, is, he is a really talented defenseman. And I think that those are the sort of moves for the Jets where you're buying, but you're also still looking towards the future. And I think that it's a it's a solid risk that, to take. To me, it's a low risk, high reward. Yeah. If, he, if he doesn't turn out, he's only got another year left on his deal. Let him go overseas if he struggles really badly. But if he takes off, you got a legitimate top four right-handed defense yeah. right there. Okay, I can I can buy what you're selling then. And the I mean, yeah, he hasn't played very well since coming over to Columbus. So I mean, the cost wouldn't be right. I mean, like, could you do something like? It depends if they're interested, but like Logan Stanley, in right? The third, like, like I, some, I don't know, I don't know what the, but like, so yeah, I would be okay with that. I'd, I'd be intrigued to see how, how that could work. I mean, you'd still have the log jam, with Hanela's status, up in the air and all that. But okay, all right, not bad, not bad. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I just wonder at this point if a defenseman makes sense for the Jets. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough to do just with like, all the guys. I think off season maybe, where you can move Schmidt, and I mean you got to make decisions about Demello and then Dylan as well. So I think the off season to me makes a little more sense, and they've all played well at all three pairings so far. So like let's just roll with it. Um, to me, the intrigue of course lies down the middle, and I still think that's where the biggest need is with this team. Unfortunately, Elliot Friedman. 
on 32 Thoughts pretty viciously doused my fever dream of Joel Erickson at coming to Winnipeg. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along the lines of, that's ridiculous, I don't see it happening. <laughs> Erickson being on the trade block. What does Friedman know? Uh, yeah, that's a, I mean, that is a fair point. What does he know? But fortunately, I'm going to lean to his expertise on this one. I just just because it's Minnesota and he's a centerman, I'll just I, he's not on my list. What if you could get Ryan Hartman? I'm just I'm just oh saying I don't know God. I'm just saying I just wanted to throw that out there. He's <laughs> got more oh. points this year than Vladdy Domestica. I'm just throwing something out there. We finally the, the room finally gets, gets <laughs> yeah. tight and they bring just in a bomb, just a sleeper agent. Yeah. Hey guys, vibes are great this year. Well, here's the biggest dick we, in the league. <laughs> we brought back. We brought in the guy that you Earbuds. all hate. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Some sometimes you just. I mean, like, if there was a player that played exactly like Hartman that didn't have the history with the Jets like Hartman does, I'd be all over it. I mean, maybe that's a guy like Scott Lawton. Like, that, a pretty similar play style just without the history. Yeah, I, th- I thought about, yeah, he's just, yeah, I mean, Hartman's something else. Uh, he is. But it's another level. I, I did wonder about throwing Scott Lawton in there. To me, that's kind of like a, oh boy, we missed out on literally everybody, let's yeah. bring somebody in guy. That I think would still help the Jets. I, I, I don't. I, yeah, I wonder what the Flyers are going to do with him. It feels like they missed their the boat on on selling high on him at the draft. Um, yeah, I, I don't want Ryan Hartman in Winnipeg. <laughs> um, but if it's not Harrison Eck and he's not available, I have a new number one target. The problem is with this team and the other team I'm going to talk about. Are they going to be sellers? But if you're looking at, what are we looking at in a, in a, in a second-line centerman? Guy who can win draws, solid defensively, could be a play driver. Produce offensively, maybe has term as well. Ideally. In this case, he does. <laughs> I don't know if he's good at, I haven't checked face-offs. I, I, to be honest, I don't care a ton. It's like if you're above 50%, great, that's awesome. Brock Nelson fits a lot of those check boxes. A lot of them, right? Interesting. The only caveat is Well Lou throwing the towel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be tough because Lou seems like a guy who's kinda like Well, I'll, I'll say this. Let me say this about Lou. I don't think he's playing for the future. <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> I don't know. That's just me. I might be wrong on this. Lou's not looking ten years. Down I'm reading. The road. The, I'm reading the tea leaves on this, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't. I just don't think he's thinking five years down the road. But we could be wrong. The, I, to me, the only way this happens is if the Islanders. Sorry that I'm boring you with my my list here. <laughs> but and I woke up and yeah, four I, the morning. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, but. The only way I think this happens is if the Islanders, like, tank out of the race. But it does kind of fit the mold of the Paul Stasny trade a few years back where not a guy with term, but, like, the Blues were in it in the wild card race, and they just kind of, like, stealth tanked. Maybe the Islanders decide it's just not our year. Let's sell high on a guy at this point. And, I mean, that would be some tasty center depth. 
to go Shifley, Nelson, Lowry, I guess Kupari at this whoever it is down the middle of the fourth line. And I mean a second line of whoever, but like just imagine Shifley Connor Velarde, Brock Nelson, Nick Ehlers, Cole Perfetti. Jeez. That is crazy. And even too, like just imagine if if the Jets are really hell bent on keeping that top power play unit together. Adding Brock Nelson though makes it a lot easier to kind of swap out either like the Ayafalo or Perfetti down low and have Brock Nelson slide into that net front where he is just dynamite. And it just adds a whole different dynamic to your power play. So I think, I mean, Brock Nelson would be awesome. I totally agree with you. I just, Lou, I, <laughs> I think Lou is just, I could maybe if he thinks that, hey, if we move out, I don't think we're going to re-sign Brock Nelson. If we can move out his contract now, get some more assets, and then potentially go after oh, a yeah. bigger name, yeah. like, Potentially, I could see something like that. Maybe he brings home John Tavares. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> but, yeah. Hartman to Winnipeg, Tavares to, <laughs> to the Islanders. But it's, yeah, Lou's, I feel like Lou's going to be, going to do something stupid at the deadline. Kind of like he does yeah, that's, most of the time. Yeah, I mean, that's the most likely scenario. But well, that's, my, that's my number one, I think. Like, And that's somebody that where, like, first round pick, it probably costs you a high-end prospect. But, like, if you're going to go big... You get two runs out of it, and that I don't know that like would that make the Jets like the number one contender? I think so. Make it happen. So that's that's the guy that I'm looking at there. Who's your number two? Well, before I get to number two, to a lesser extent, what would you just because I said I have four, but like what if it's okay? Brock Nelson is off the table, but lose like. Can I interest you in a slightly used JG Pajot? Oh. Five mil is the cap hit. He might have a couple years left. I, I can't totally remember his contract, but I know the cap hits five mil. What do you think about that? I, I don't mind it, depending on the asking price. I feel like the Islanders, I feel like he's more valuable to the Islanders than he is to some other teams across the league. He's a playoff stud, though. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's the part that I kind of like. Like, he elevates Big time. Um, and that's where you're kind of like, do we want to give up kind of the farm for Lindholm or maybe bargain shop for a Pajo? And like, are we, how much worse, better off? Like, I don't know. That, that That's where things get kind of interesting where you can like, we can get aggressive and go after somebody, but if we can keep our firsts and our prospects, like, it's kind of the dream scenario there. Uh, so I, I wonder, there's another guy that I have in mind too, to a lesser extent, but Pajot kind of, I'm kind of like talking myself into Pajot as a, as a good fallback option. I, and just, uh, if we're getting crazy, like, let's get crazy. Let's do it. If you're willing to give up the farm for Elias Lindholm, would you be willing to give up that same package? Attach Nate Schmidt to it? And maybe an extra pick to get both Brock Nelson and JG Pajot. <laughs> if the Islanders are yeah. completely out of it and they they already put the axe on Lou and they have someone come in and kind of like you're gonna take care of this deadline and we're pushing towards the future, would you give up a Brad Lambert Whoa. and a first round pick for for JG Pajot and Brock Nelson? I think just from the insanity point of view, yeah. Like, it's just so crazy. Let's just do it. I just, I, I would just love a third line of Nino 
Adam Lowry and JG Pajot. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> that would be scary. And then Brock Nelson for Man. Benny Ehlers, Velarde, Shifley, Connor. Yeah. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> I love it. That's a that is a just a playoff roster if I've ever seen one. Yeah, I think I think I we I think we gotta cheer for like a six game losing streak. <laughs> and then this makes this makes it on the table for the Isles. Probably just for one of them, but like I, I I'm keeping my eye on them. So we need we need the Islanders to suck and then New Jer if New I mean if New Jersey wins their next game the Isles are in second last in the Metro, only ahead of awful Columbus. So it's, I mean, like, realistically, yeah, they might be close, but it's like you got to leapfrog six teams yeah. in the East for a wild card spot. So we'll see. But, like, a couple more losses, and I think this might become an interesting discussion heading into the deadline there. So those are my first two from one team. Another team. Maybe not as enticing as Brock Nelson, but I think I love his game. I, I I think there's a lot more production out of him than what he's shown right now, and it kind of has shown in his career. And and it's a team at a similar spot too, so we also need a little bit of losses to pile up, but it's trending in the right direction right now. Also, like Brock Nelson, a year left on his contract after this year, the main difference is this cat has a couple of cup rings to his name. Do you want to take a guess? It's a Western Conference team. Cat. Not a cat. It, just, like, he doesn't have a cat name. He's just like a, a dude. Like, bro, like. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. Why don't we give uh, Ronnie Francis in Seattle a, a dial? See what it would cost for Yanni Gord. Oh, that's a guy too. That's like JG Pajot, like Turbo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, that would be. I and mean, he just adds. He would add so much to this team. The one, like when I look at the Jets team, there's not a lot of guys that I think there's. Or there's not a lot of things that I think they're missing. But if they could really grab a guy for the playoff run who kind of, who really has that sandpaper, like out of not questioning Adam Lowry at all, he is one of the toughest SOBs in the league. But he's not. He he's that intimidating force. You kind of need a guy. You almost it's a weasel. You need like a, like a like a pesty, yeah. gritty. Like every, every single cup team has that guy where he's just kind of a rat. Yeah, you're, you're talking about like a like a six foot like six foot six feet and under, like one eighty, but yeah. like is just a ball of hate. Exactly. Yeah, Lowry's too big. He's like he's just too big. He's he plays it perfectly, but like you need you also need a smaller guy. Um. I think Yanni Gord would be a great fit beside Nikki and then whoever else you want to put beside him on that line. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like a first-round pick, is that might be enough to do it. Plays third line on Seattle, but, I mean, it's, it's not Seattle's it's Seattle's fault they're misusing him. Yeah. I, I, think, I mean, he's shown it, obviously, third line in Tampa, but that third line was better than half the playoff team's first lines a lot of nights. I, I could I could I could see Yanni Gord having having some fun here in Winnipeg. Yeah, Yanni Gord would be a really nice ad. He really would be. The other one, less fun, but also a center and producing pretty well, and on the same team. Maybe Alex Wenberg. It would be a it would be a totally different play style. 
you begin like the playmaking ability and maybe and he could kind of add another element to the power play yeah that sure. sounds like no that sounds like <laughs> no it's well to, to be like if you're gonna do that you might as well just put perfetti at center yeah I, yeah I kind of get what you're saying I, I just thought I'd throw him in there I'm, not, I'm, I'm just kind of whatever on him We're the last name I'll, I'll just because I actually forgot about him so I actually got five names um although I really wanted to go to a different team because it was part of my bold predictions but Adam Henrique wouldn't be that bad like it wouldn't be a that that to me is like a plan C but you could do a lot worse than Adam Henrique I don't think the cost would be all that much either he's got a like a I think he is a pending UFA. Um, got a decent cap hit, but the Jets don't really need Anaheim to retain anything on it. And so they could probably, like, yeah, a second or a third round pick and don't worry about the salary. Yeah. That might be enough to get it done. Yeah. And there's a guy, clearly, I mean, been, I mean, with cup run with New Jersey, played a bunch of playoff games. He's still got a little bit of juice left. I, I wouldn't, you know, if, if Lindholm went for a crazy price and nobody else was available, Henrique wouldn't be a bad fallback option, at least. Well, and, it, and there's also the Anaheim factor, too, where it's just like he's been playing for Anaheim for the past couple of years, <laughs> and it may, it, he just might not be giving 100%. And the old hamp is Lindholm effect. <laughs> exactly. So maybe he's maybe he's got a little extra juice than he had, let's say, two years ago. Like He could he might have been preserving himself a little bit while he's in Anaheim. Just saving himself for the Jets to come <laughs> come in and swoop in and rescue him like a damsel in distress. And, and Murad did have him listed as one of the five players that he's interested in the Jets taking So that means it's so, actually smart then. Yeah. So there's there's some... <laughs> I noticed the other ones I brought up were not on that list, but that's, oh, that's love, good. That's good. The only one was Wenberg. That's one I'm, uh, I'm like... Mm. Yeah, I'd be pretty rattled. But that would that would suck, and it's kind of <laughs> no it's kind of funny because I'm going to mention my the, one of the players I was thinking of, and he's kind of similar to Wenberg in a sense, but he's a guy who had a really good season last year, and I think just with how awful their his team has been this year, I think you could really get him for a pretty cheap fr- price for how quality of a player he is, and I would wouldn't mind testing the waters on Alex Barabanov in San Jose. Oh. Well, I just did, I did not expect that. <laughs> yeah, like he's struggled this year, but it's San Jose. Like who hasn't struggled on that team? And maybe I, in my mind, I was kind of thinking. I mean, if he was a center, it would be a perfect yeah. fit. But with him being a winger, it makes things a little bit more complicated. But if you were really trying to go all in and you made a move for a center, you Alex Barabanov is pretty much Vladimir I was just gonna. Bubble. I was just gonna say. <laughs> I mean, didn't the Jets was Nemestikov on? San Jose when they or was he you back with Tampa? He was. They I know tra- he was with San Jose that year, but I think San Jose might have traded him to Tampa, and then the Jets traded. You know what I mean? Yes, I, I believe you're right. Either way, because there was like yeah. that whole that whole cycle with Mikey Asimont too involved, and <sighs> Mikey, I know he's <laughs> my boy. <laughs> what well, could have been here to Winnipeg, but Deb's Deb's doing pretty good here. Um Bear Banoff, I did not expect to hear his name tonight. <laughs> I love it. Um, so now that you know the options, let's say cost isn't an issue and the Jets could grab, like, anybody. What would your pecking order be for centermen? Are we taking out uh, other factors as well? Let's just, uh, not, let's not even... Let's just talk about price, like... Well, let, let I mean price to a degree, but it's more so like you. Let's say they all relatively cost somewhat the same, 
and it's more about, you know, fit and what could help the Jets for this cup run, right? Well, to me, the perfect fit is Claude Giroux, but he's not getting moved out of Ottawa. Yeah. That's the only thing. Yeah. Like, if they're in a perfect world, if he's willing, if he was willing to come to Winnipeg, I honestly do. I would give him a top notch prospect to make sure that he come that he's on the Jets for the next two years. Not happening. Yeah. After that, I'd probably go. I I did probably have to go Lindholm just because. So you would take Lin. You would like. I know there's the extra year and things like that, but for just like one cup run, let's just say they're all. But like, you think Lindholm, number one choice? Yes. I think. I think I'd go Brock Nelson, Yanni Gore, and Elias Lindholm. Interesting. I want. I wonder how much the Calgary. Uh, no, I changed my mind. Brock <laughs> Nelson, Elias Lindholm, Yanni Gore. <laughs> I'll change my mind a little bit there. Um, I wonder. But I think Lindholm and Gord would be like. Either way, close. I'm like that's pretty sweet. But then you take into account, you know, getting an extra year of Gord, and that's like, yeah, sign me up for that. Yeah, I I, I could I see the logic for sure. I. I just feel that if we can get Elias Lindholm into the Jets locker room away from whatever's going on in Calgary right now, maybe it's just a nice change of scenery. It's kind of crazy to think how just looking back at a year year from ago that you got to get into the Jets strong cultured locker room. Exactly. Like it's, it's weird to say that it's true. Like maybe him coming in just kind of gives him a boost. It's, enjoys playing the game again instead of these last couple of years in Calgary, but Yanni Gore, I mean, you really can't go wrong with any of those top three guys. The Jets would be in a great spot if they got any of those three. The problem is there's a chance two of those three aren't available. <laughs> That's going to be the big issue here is, you know, if it's not Lindholm, can they, can they find somebody else? I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out here. I, w- I wouldn't hate Lindholm. I do wonder if the price is going to exceed what the output on the ice is. Yeah. I feel I would feel a lot better if it was Brock even if it was a big price to pay. I think Brock Nelson would be worth his weight in gold. And I yeah, I I think Yanni Gord would have a I think he'd fit in real nice here in Winnipeg. Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of people are kind of thinking of the player that Lindholm was and not the player that he is now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's not there there won't be I mean, hey, Nicky's great, but there's no Kachuk and Gaudreau joined his line here in Winnipeg, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I, I'm I'm intrigued about this, especially because we know Boston, Colorado, they might be even more, you know, antsy to to pull the trigger on that. They might need him more than the Jets do, which is wild because like they'd be perfect for the Jets. So it might end up being one of those under the radar options. Um, you know, and I wonder too if Lindholm doesn't work out, like do the Jets just sit it out? And like, if we can't find a guy, like, I, what, what's I, the point of 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 doing something if it's going to be a minimal? I I I see. I I agree that you shouldn't just make a move just to make it. But I also think you should be doing your absolute darndest to add to this team, especially after you sign the extensions with Hellebuck and Shifley. Yeah, like it's kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah, you yeah. guys did us a solid. You see the vision. Let's reward you. Let's reward you with a Brock Nelson. <laughs> One peak Brock Nelson coming right Let's up. Let's put, put it on the vision board. <laughs> Lou with the phone, giving up on life. <laughs> Brock Nelson, wearing the blue, red, and white. 
Let's make it happen, please. You bring bring a bring a platter of gabagoo for Lou, and he'll he'll <laughs> crumble in just a second. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> Is that I Genoa? Do, I, I do like your first round pick. <laughs> I do like the charcuterie board. You got it, you Chevy. You did it again. Oh. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It, it's going to be a fun couple of weeks. Up until the deadline. That that would be one that didn't wouldn't happen until deadline day, yeah. which kind of makes it fun and terrifying at the same time. Uh, but there's going to be a bunch of twists and turns before then, and uh, we'll make sure that we keep you guys uh, afloat and abreast of the news until uh, until the big moves finally happen. Uh, but that's going to do it for the episode here. We'll wrap it up there, and we'll uh, head into the weekend and uh, get ready for the Jets game against Ottawa on Saturday. Before a trip out to good old T.O. and some of those other beautiful locations out east should be some interesting times. Maybe the J, who knows, maybe maybe the Leafs are selling Tavares. I, I, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe the Leafs could be a, the answer for the Jets' second line set. I, Mitch Marner? I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. But we'll break down uh, the Jets' game against Ottawa, the Toronto matchup coming up, and then any other news that happen uh, from now until when we return on Tuesday morning. Uh, until then, though, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki, CJOB's Tyson Rowicki with us once again. Like I said, we'll be back at it on Tuesday morning. Until then, though, stay safe, stay warm, and enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you Tuesday. Peace.